0: Welcome to the Aspieland podcast. I'm your host, John Allen. Come with me on an adventure into the world of autism spectrum disorder. Everyone is welcome here, whether you have the disorder or you're interested in learning more about it. We're here to help you understand, share, and relate. We're just about to get started, so come on in. Greetings and welcome. I'm your host, John Allen, and this is Aspieland a place where both those of us on the autism spectrum and neurotypicals alike can gain commonality through discovery and understanding. If you're new to this podcast, please know that you're very special, no matter where you come from, and that you're in a place of acceptance. If you're someone with autism spectrum disorder or Asperger's syndrome, this podcast is for you. It's a place where you can learn about yourself, and your feelings, because I want to help you understand and function in the neurotypical world that we're living in. Now, for those of you who are neurotypical, I'm not leaving you out, because this podcast is for you as well. I want to help you come to see that those of us who are on the autism spectrum are just like you. We have the same needs, the same feelings as everyone else. We just go about it differently. And the idea in this podcast is to come together and accept one another. We do that by looking at life through each other's eyes. Try to imagine that you're stranded on a jungle island in the middle of nowhere. There's lots of jungle areas, which is heavy woods and swamps and stuff like that. And there are some clear areas as well, like around the beachhead. There are all kinds of animals around. And while there are some scant people that inhabit the island, you can't communicate with them, nor can they communicate with you. So, what do you do? Well, you'll have to begin by adapting to the island. You would change the way you do things to stay safe, to provide shelter, to get food. You'll find out which animals to avoid and which animals you might be able to play with. And you'd probably try to blend in with the surroundings to make yourself acceptable in the environment and culture that you're living in. Now, you'd probably call that using survival strategies on the island, and you would be exactly right. Survival strategies would help you become as close to indigenous to that island as you could. So, what does this have to do with a podcast about people on the spectrum and autism spectrum disorder? Uh, Let me explain that by telling a story. I had just gotten my first real career job. I had just finished up a technical school, and I was hired by a company that I never heard of to repair and maintain computers in another city. I was so excited, and I couldn't wait to get into it. Because I've been playing with electronic stuff since I was 12, 13 years old. I built my first little studio in my basement bedroom when I was 13 years old. I had a full control board. I could run everything from one place, and I could control all the audio and all this. And I've been working on this kind of stuff ever since. And <laughs> I still am, as a matter of fact. Now, because I'm autistic, and I didn't know that at the time... I was shy. I had a real hard time with people. Because I didn't understand social cues or facial expressions. I was always klutzy, never knowing what to say, especially in a group of people, or even trying to understand others when they told me things. Well, that created a problem in my job, because I had to interact with my clients, I had to interact with other people, as well as my supervisors and other technicians, and I didn't want to be cast away like I was when I was a kid. So I would try to act just like they did. By watching and observing, I learned different phrases and quips and things like that. So I would never be seen as someone different or someone who maybe in their minds was an oddball or I was weird. I wanted and needed to be accepted, not only professionally, but socially as well. I was trying to appear to be just like everyone around me, because if I could do that, I'd be one of them, and I wouldn't be lonely anymore. Now, in doing that, just like in the jungle I spoke about earlier, I was trying to blend in to make myself acceptable in the culture I found myself in. I was engaged in what we call Masking. For those of us who are autistic, masking is a survival strategy, and to be specific, it's a social survival strategy. We're going to go into this a lot deeper, but before we do, let me have a quick note to thank all of you for listening to this podcast. Whether you're on the spectrum, or you're a neurotypical just learning, or exploring, or experiencing life with someone who is on the spectrum, I very much appreciate the fact that you've tuned in. We are continuing to grow listeners from all over the world. Places like Sandness, Norway, Tumba, Sweden, Eagle Mountain, Utah, Chesterland, Ohio, Gera, Germany, Crawfordsville, Indiana, and many, many others. Thank you very much for tuning in. And thanks as well to those of you who have donated to this podcast. And you can donate to the podcast by going to my website, aspieland.org and navigate to the donate page and just fill out the form. And thanks so much for doing that. All right, getting back to our topic of this podcast, which I call Living Behind the Mask. Now, while most of us, whether autistic or not, become involved in masking at one time or another, for example... Most everyone does some measure of it during our late teens and when we're young adults. We tend to cover up our frailties and quirks in order to be attractive to a romantic partner, or to help us move ahead in our careers, or gain some social status. Most neurotypicals abandon the practice once they have achieved some success or learn how to work through the social issues. However, with those of us in the autistic world, Masking is not only common, but it is usually considered necessary to being accepted by others. It comes from the idea that the only way that I, as an autistic person, can make a friend, keep a job, or even hold a job, hinges entirely upon making the world believe that I'm neurotypical. The rationale behind that is, since the world is made up of neurotypical people, who don't understand, or support, or tolerate, and some don't respect our differences in the ways we think and act, the only way that we can survive, remember that survival strategy, is by making others think that we're neurotypical, that we're just like them. Masking is used to camouflage our real selves, our autistic selves. And we do it for all kinds of reasons. We may be trying to keep from being made fun of at school or at work, or from being physically harassed. But in most cases, we're just trying to make friends and find love. For the benefit of those of you who may be new to the podcast, or who are neurotypical, let me explain how all this tends to work. First of all, it must be understood that not every autistic person may display the same style of masking. For example, while some of us who are on the spectrum may force eye contact so that we look attentive and personal, others may not do it as much, and some not at all. Some of us may mask by mimicking gestures and stances. Others, by smiling when others smile, or laughing when others laugh while not really knowing why everybody's laughing. We just do it to look the part even though we don't understand the meaning behind it. There are those of us who use pre-rehearsed answers to questions and memorized phrases and slang. I used to do that all the time. All of these, including hiding our personal ideas and autistic behaviors, are masks that we wear in order to be accepted. The use of masking is just a means of hiding who you are so that no one in the neurotypical world knows that you're autistic and accepts you for being just like them. It's a methodology for acceptance that those of us on the spectrum have been using for most of our lives. And it becomes almost an automatic response, a defense mechanism, if you will. But one that we often feel is the only way we can pass As a neurotypical and it becomes a daily reality for us. Now, why is it like this? Well, think about it this way. If you were an actor, the role you are given has certain characteristics and traits that in order to convince your audience that you are really that character, you study and you observe and you learn all the things that would make up that character that you're trying to portray. Well, masking is much the same way. The power of social acceptance drives us to learn and practice facial expressions, observe others' reactions, and do our best to mimic them. We research social norms. We practice showing interest and relaxed stances. Using all of these things, and other techniques as well, where we're in social situations with others that are important to us, we can try to make it so no one can tell that we're performing or pretending. Now, while those of us who are on the autism spectrum may feel that we're becoming socially acceptable, this masking can easily become a double-edged sword. There is a real possibility that we can get lost in our own deception and lose our real selves in the process. Now, it's hard to believe that this can happen, but it can, and it does. You can begin to lose sight of who you really are and how you really feel when you become absorbed in the fake character that you're trying to build and perform. A lot of times, we try masking without really understanding the situation we may be in. While trying to fit into a group, we may mask incorrectly by saying or doing something that doesn't fit the circumstance. I've done this so many times before when I was trying so hard to be like others in a group setting, I would use a phrase or a slang expression that is completely out of contact with what's being talked about. Like trying to say something funny that doesn't make sense to anyone in the group, but since you've heard it and used it in a group setting before, you say it, thinking that it will gain you acceptance by being funny, oh, they'll think I'm clever. First of all, it takes a lot of energy and concentration to mask to others. And sooner or later, you're going to run out of energy to keep it up, largely because it's not natural to you. If you may be masking in more than one group of people, not only can you lose sight of who you are, but you can also lose sight of which mask you're using for which group of people you're trying to be with. Now, while I truly understand why all of those of us on the spectrum will mask, I'm with you. I get it. I still do it. And I'm still working on it, but I'll tell you what it simply isn't worth it because sometimes in the end Any connections you make using your mask will very well disappear Once you begin to reveal your true self and the newly found acquaintance realizes that you've been deceiving them Now while your intentions are completely benign and good-hearted because hey after all we're just trying to make friends you're only causing yourself more long-term damage by doing it. Let me encourage my fellow autistics by telling you this. It has been and continues to be my experience that even though you may believe that no one can accept you if they see how you really are, it's not true. Let me say that again because it's important. That even though you may believe that no one can accept you If they see how you really are, it's not true. Most people, regardless of who they are, want the same thing as you do, a real genuine person to believe in them and be friends with them. And knowing that is the first step in unmasking yourself and being the best person you really are. So, what practical ways can you unmask? Well, okay, sometimes, as I mentioned briefly earlier, we respond so quickly with our social survival strategy that we hardly think about it. In fact, we just do it. I get caught doing it all the time. My wife will stop me and say, what was that? Where did that come from? Or you're doing it again. And then I go, oh, I was masking. Oh, sorry, I didn't, you know, and stuff like that. So I'm I'm still catching it. But one of the first ways to unmask is to stop ourselves before we start. When you approach a situation, whether you're in a group setting or one-on-one, just take a few seconds to relax. Easier said than done, I understand. Remember that you are a unique and interesting person with good qualities to share. Keep in mind also, that when it comes to being social with others, everyone, and I do mean everyone, shares the same desire for acceptance. Listening can be a big part of getting along with others. It's important that you take the time and energy to listen carefully to the conversation. Don't just jump right in. Listening takes concentration. Take things more slowly. Think carefully. Listen carefully. Do your best to listen to what people are talking about and then you can understand how to best contribute to the conversation. Now, we discuss more in-depth about conversation in an early podcast that I uploaded back on June 1st of last year. It's called Conversation, Which Way is Up? I'd suggest, if you're struggling with this part of it, that you go back and listen to that. That might get you some tips to help you kind of grind through that. Along with this is while you may be trying to connect with neurotypicals, remember that as much as you're feeling self-conscious, and that's okay, it's okay to be self-conscious, but keep in mind that the focus is not on you. The neurotypicals in the group that you may be trying to become a part of are not paying that much attention to you. Most people are thinking about themselves and the subject at hand. Knowing that can help you relax because you don't have to feel like you're under a microscope, because you're not. Let's talk about stimming, because stimming is, of course, an issue for almost all of us on the spectrum. Many of us have a stim of one kind or another that helps us stay calm and relaxed, especially when we start to get a little stressed. A simple way to avoid stimming that's disruptive, like hand slapping, or drumming your fingers on the table, I do that a lot, rocking back and forth in place, is to establish a stem that is hardly even noticeable. For example, try taking your fingers of both hands and interlock your fingers together, and then swirl your thumbs around each other. Now in the neurotypical world, that's called twiddling your thumbs. And believe it or not, you can see demos of how to twiddle your thumbs on the web. That's weird, but it's there. Twiddling your thumbs is something that you can do while standing or sitting, and hardly anyone ever notices it. Now, that's one of many different ways you can stay calm and relaxed in what is certainly a difficult situation. Which brings me to probably the toughest part of unmasking yourself. Self-advocating. Getting along in a neurotypical world without trying to be someone you're not, requires you to self-advocate or reveal yourself. The real trouble many of us on the spectrum have with that is the idea of being vulnerable to say out loud the fact that we're on the spectrum. Now, you don't have to go up to a group of people that you want to get to know and yell out, hey, I'm on the spectrum. What do you think? (laughs) That probably won't help you. But you can advocate in small steps. Most people are very cool about it. For example, you may just say, I'm sorry, but I'm on the spectrum and I don't quite get what you meant. Can you explain that to me? Most neurotypicals will respond favorably to that. I can't tell you how many times people that I've mentioned that I'm on the spectrum and have responded by saying, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't even know you were on the spectrum. What can I help you with? which is something I didn't expect, and you'll be surprised the number of people who will respond that way. Advocating is a big word, and it doesn't have to be a big problem. Start small. Start with someone you trust. You can find that place where you can be yourself, your wonderful, creative self, and make friends with just about anyone. Well, the sands run out of the hourglass one more time. I guess I say that almost every time we get together, but it's a lot of fun to be together and talk about things that are important. And I certainly hope you've got something out of this podcast. Oh, and before I forget, and we've just gone through the subject of masking, my wife and I are going to do a podcast on masking in the neurodiverse marriage and neurodiverse relationships. And that'll be interesting. It's the byplay between those of us who are in serious relationships with someone who is neurotypical and how that works out. That's coming up real soon, so you want to stay with us for that. Please remember to get on the website aspieland.org and subscribe to the podcast by going to the subscription page. You just fill out a little form, and it helps you connect with me. And speaking of communication, if you'd like to write me a letter and have a question or a comment, you can get me at john at aspeland.org or at the tried-and-true address, which is aspeland.org at gmail.com. Either of those will get you there. Remember to rate and review the podcast I really appreciate that. Stay safe, and we'll meet up again in Aspie Land. Thanks for listening to the Aspie Land podcast. If you like this podcast, pass the word. This podcast is for everyone, whether you have Asperger's syndrome or not. Because the more who listen, the better our opportunity to become more sensitive and compassionate, not only to those who have the disorder, but to all humankind as well. Thanks for visiting, and I hope you'll listen again.